Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. It's the last Monday in February. Can you believe it? Oh, my gosh. The year is going by way too fast. And um, I'm, I'm Lisa Kessler. If you have not listened before, welcome. I love talking to authors. I'm an author myself, and today is an extra special day because I have a book out today. So if I'm scattered, Yay. that's why. Um, yeah, right? So anyway, it's exciting release day, and I'm happy to be celebrating it with Miranda O. Oh. If you have never listened before, Miranda was on once before. She has a great chiclet series, and the final book has just come out. So if you haven't read her yet, let me read her bio to get you introduced. Author Miranda O oh is your typical girl. She loves the sunset, long walks on the beach, world travels, and when she's not playing the corporate part, she can be found sipping wine and spending all her hard-earned money on shoes. Among her friends and family, Miranda O oh is known to be the storyteller of the group, always recapping crazy life stories and situations. Her personal experiences, emotions, and fantasies are all the inspiration for most of her books. So there's a little bit of her in every story. I did put a, a um, link up there for Miranda's Facebook page and also for her website. So be sure to check those out. If you're listening on Blog Talk, you can click them anytime and go um, get connected with her. So without any further ado, Miranda, you there? Yes, I sure am. Hi, and thank you so much for having me today. Oh, I'm so glad you could come back. I, before the show started, I, I remembered last time we talked there was a blizzard. You're up in Canada, right? <laughs> sure am, like flat in the prairies, and it's either blizzarding or really cold or really – like we have weather that goes across the board, like probably like a 100-degree difference in the span of a year. Um, so today's wow. not blizzarding, right? Today's not blizzarding, but uh, – <laughs> definitely not sunshiny warm weather yeah i'm in san diego and so when you told me it's like negative seven i'm like what it's 70 here and i'm cold <laughs> yeah 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 you're i think like what is it in fahrenheit i think it might be like in the 30s or the low 20s maybe i think that's what it turns transitions to um mm-hmm. so yeah Still super it's, freezing uh, i <laughs> yeah. Oh no. You know it's it's four. No, that's minus. I was googling it, but it backfired on me. So let's just focus. <laughs> it's still cold. Let's just say it's it's cold. If you're not used to it, it's cold. Um, if you are Canadian, kind of a day. Said usually we're in a deep freeze, and it's like minus fifty, and uh, polar bears to be. A- <laughs> So Just Breathe is your last book in your series, right, that just came out. Can you tell everybody why they need to go grab it this week? Yeah. Yeah, Just Breathe is my is my third book, um, and it's the final, final uh, installment of the trilogy. And I'm super thrilled to, to share it because it's kind of a, a – an added positive twist to a, a, a happy ending, but a twisted happily ever after type thing. <laughs> so can people jump in and read this book first or do they need to go back and read book one? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm experience as a reader would be uh, way more entertaining if you were to go back to book one and read all the way through. 
I think I, I attempted to connect all the loops um, so you could actually pick up book three and, and, and read it and understand what was going on. Um, but there's, there's a lot of heavy topics in book one and two, and you really get a good sense of Hadley, your main character, how she ends up the way that she ends up in book three. Um, you know, she seems like she has her life mapped out. She's super confident when we meet her. Um, has my, oh my, puppy, my puppy just ran in with, with her toy. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, no, okay, that's she's okay. Leaving. That's okay. <laughs> this is live radio, folks. <laughs> live radio, exactly. You never know what's going to happen. That's right. It's so, so exciting. Right? Exactly. So, yeah, you can pick up book three for sure and have a wild ride and really enjoy it. Uh, but you're really going to you're really going to have the opportunity to connect and relate and get to know your main character a lot better. And maybe, you know, some little light bulbs of of inspiration or little aha moments or, you know, a little confidence booster it may happen when you pick up book one or book two. So I always encourage that. And your character, your main character, is she like uh, a Sex in the City type character? Is she more, you know, like does she have a group of girlfriends? What what's she going through? Well, she, you meet her. She's eighteen. Um, you throughout the books, you really get a good involvement, or not a good involvement, a good introduction as to who the important people are in her world. But the, the story really solely focuses on her and her inner voice. So when you're following the character, just imagine you and your girlfriend or you and your friend. It doesn't even have to be a girl. It could be a guy. Anyway, but you and your friend are sitting over a glass of wine or a beverage of your toys, and you guys haven't seen each other in a really long time, and there's been some heavy stuff that's gone on. Life is life. We know heavy stuff happens in life. And they're just telling all their crazy stuff that's happened, how they fell in love, how they traveled to the other side of the world, how they deal with long-distance relationship struggles, how they deal with immigration corruption and racism, all within the whole immigration sector. Um, and then you get into book two. That, that's just book one. Book two gets you into cancer and mental illness and addiction and, you know, trying to navigate through those really heavy topics. And then book three is like, okay, cool. So you did all of that. Let's, let's, how did you survive it? Like you told us all of this. Now, how did you survive it? So the inner battle comes or the inner voice comes with this inner battle that we all have within ourselves, right? So you're not only sitting there with your good friends and they're telling you about their life, but then it's that inner voice that comes out, and you'll see it because the, the writing and the text in the book is different. Um, that inner voice comes out, and so it, it shows you another layer of the main character. And that extra layer is that little devil or the little angel or the little coach or whatever, that, that little angel or little devil that's sitting on your shoulder, it's that. And we're embracing that and we're listening to that and getting in tune with that. And that in hopes is to, to, you know, to relate to people. Life is tough enough, but feelings, when you strip down the situation, we all feel the same feelings and it all manifests similar to us. And when we band together and share that, we don't feel as much alone. And that's all I wanted to do with this series is chin up, tits out. We're not alone. We're all in this together. 
<laughs> I love that. And does your series, does it take place in Canada? Does she live up where you do? Uh, yes, yes. So the main character is based uh, a little bit upon my life. Well, not a little bit. It, it is a, it based on my life. I mean, I went through a, a whole bunch of crazy stuff. So, like, why not write about it, right? So, yes, she uh, does live in the prairies where it's really, really cold and in the wintertime and really, really hot in the summertime. Um, and as, like me, loves her home. Uh, Winnipeg's a pretty cool place to live. Nice. And does she, is she going to college? She said she's 18, right? Yeah. So we, throughout the trilogy of the books, uh, or the trilogy, the Hadley, we meet her at 18. And at the end of it, we leave her um, shortly close to 30. So the three books actually um, take us through a decade of her life. So she goes to, she owns a business, she goes to college, she gets her first job out of college, uh, she gets a second job. It's just all this evolution of growth. And like, let's think about our 20s, or if you're in your 20s and you're going through it now, we know if we've gone through our 20s that it's just one foot in front of the other as fast as we can, trying to figure out who we are, what we want to do, what we want to be, you know, all that stuff. And it's, it's, it's a decade of experience and it's a decade of learning and it's a decade of getting messy and making mistakes and, you know, really pushing the limits within ourselves to see how far we can grow and set ourselves up for the next decade, right? And, and in our 20s, during it, we're just like, oh, yeah, it's crazy, it's going with the flow, you know? stay up till two, three, four o'clock in the morning, wake up at eight and go to work and do it all over again. Um, I'm so glad right. that phase is over. But that's what a phase of exhaustion. Right. I know now it's just exhaustion, anxiety, body pain. When I do that, I'm like, mm, no, no, no. I'm okay going to bed at eight o'clock on a Saturday night now. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the 20s. <laughs> oh, right? So, oh, man, like such a wild ride. Right? So I have to ask, it, now that it's done, are you are you already thinking about something next? What what are you what's up next for you? Oh, my next series is going to blow the socks probably off myself. And I hope to blow the socks off um, the world when I get that when I get that put into place. So right now I'm I'm mapping a research plan. So I have a lot of research that I need to do in order to prepare and write, or sorry, in order to write my next series. So my next series is going to be no three books because good things happen in threes. So let's keep that tradition. And, okay. Um, right. I, I don't know why it's a weird thing for me, but we're going to keep it. So why not? <laughs> um, no, the books, <laughs> the books are going to be based on a condition that I was diagnosed with last year. It's called endometriosis. Endometriosis is a condition of the reproductive system. It, there's autoimmune pieces to it. There's hormone pieces to it. There's, there's a lot of pieces to it. And usually endometriosis comes with a long list of other conditions or symptoms it's a, it's a very common condition. One in 10 women uh, suffer with it, but it usually takes about seven years to get diagnosed and usually passed on for a lot of other conditions 
because it's a hard condition to be uh, diagnosed with. You have to go into surgery to get diagnosed with it. So um, it's incurable and treatable. There's a whole bunch of really crappy stuff to it that I don't need to go into details. It sucks. And the education, the science, the funding, the support from the medical world is just not there. So um, what do we do when we want something to be spoken about more? We speak about it more. And so this was an opportunity to assess myself and go, okay, you know what, Miranda, you've, re- you've written about your 20s and they were about really hard decisions and things that you went through and you made it into a book. Why not take this and make it into another book but, or another series? But for me, my journey was a lot different. My journey is a sole individual journey. And in order for me to give these books validity, I needed to go do research. And so the research for me was to talk to women from around the world that have this condition. So what I've done is I've mapped out the three books to entail three different decades. So we're talking about decades, right? Women in our 20s, Mm -hmm. 30s, and 40s. Our view on life vastly changes between those three decades, right? So I want to interview women in their 20s, women in their 30s, women in their 40s about endometriosis and their journey. How long did it take them? What kind of meds are they on? You know, all, all the stuff, the good, the bad, the ugly. Once I do that, then I can write a book about a woman in her 20s, a book about a woman in her 30s, and a book about a woman in her 40s, and then interconnect them some way, somehow. I'll do that when all my research is done. But the research is literally interviewing 100 women from as many different countries as I can get my hands on. Thank goodness for social media and making the world yeah. you know, accessible to my fingertips. Yeah, huge, huge, huge. But I'm so excited about it. Yeah, and I bet that you will learn so much, too, because you only know what your doctors have told you. And by talking to other people, hopefully, you know, you may Mm -hmm. find some new Mm -hmm. treatment that you haven't heard of before. Exactly. Treatment or relatability or, or, or comfort or just knowing that you're not alone. I mean, like, as a woman, you know that on a daily basis, the pressures of society hit us in a million different ways. For guys, it's the exact same way. A little bit more and outward with our emotions. So, um, and especially with our reproductive system, it's such a sensitive topic for everybody right? Nobody wants to talk about a uterus. But if, if I can give all these poor women who feel like they're silenced um, or feel like they're alone, I can give them a voice and a sense of relatability through this, you know, invisible chronic illness, then that makes my heart more complete. Plus, I get to talk to 100 amazing women that fight just to live a balanced lifestyle. It's a tough thing to do. And uh, these women are warriors. And I hope to just get the opportunity to sit face to face, even over a computer screen and just hear their story. Oh, I love that. I know that um, I am, I'm a little older than you, but when, when perimenopause kicked in, it like tried to kill me last year. And I Mm -hmm. met so many amazing women that I I was just stunned at the healthcare community and how they treat women. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just, I mean, it was, it was shocking and eye opening to me of how hard you have to fight for your health Mm -hmm. because people don't Mm -hmm. listen. They don't care. Um, it's just wild. Um, 
I'm yeah, just now starting to feel I, like me again. It's crazy. Oh, I, isn't it funny how much hormones can affect the the balance? Like one little hormone, estrogen, can literally knock your entire life off its balance. It, just just if it's off a little bit. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. who talks to us about this? Who, you don't learn this in high school. You don't learn this in university unless you're studying to become it. Nobody wants to talk about it. And when you go to your doctor, right. it's just like, meh, this is normal. Yes. And you're like, sorry, right. it's feeling crazy. Normal is like, and like right. all the other stuff, like that's not normal. And if you're telling me it's normal, I want you to look in the mirror and tell me that you're, you're not normal. Like, it, 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 it's, right. uh, it's frustrating. It gets me riled right up. But then at the, at the end of the day, though, the biggest thing that I've learned and that, that, I'm a, a, that I push to, and this actually came, this has evolved over being, um, like, my ex-husband was an immigrant, and then he was diagnosed with cancer upon m- migrating, immigrating to Canada, and then all of a sudden went, not all of a sudden, then unfortunately got even more mentally ill through the whole cancer thing and took off. So I had an extensive experience as a caregiver to a cancer patient, to a mentally ill um, person, and to somebody who suffered from addiction. And then now oh I'm a patient, right? And I'm, a, I'm a patient on the other hand. So the biggest thing that I've learned and hold myself to is my body Nobody knows it better than I do. And if a doctor tells me something that I don't agree with, I'm going to tell that doctor I don't agree with you because of this reason. So you either have to find another way to explain it to me that will make me agree or let's discuss an alternative plan. Like I've learned that it's okay to say no to a doctor when a doctor says, I want to give you this. I want to try this. Absolutely not. Are you putting that into my body? (laughs) <laughs> I've watched my husband become addicted to pain medication because the doctors just kept prescribing them. The doctors prescribed me a bunch of pain medication. If I just took it and kept taking it, I'm creating an addiction for myself. So after taking like half a bottle of just Tylenol 3s, I went back to my doctor and I said, one, they work for 30 minutes, so I'm popping another one after that. And I said, this is not a healthy routine. Two, they make my brain foggy, so I actually like miss chunks of time. I said, I experienced this with my ex-husband. Now I'm experiencing it with myself. I said, absolutely not. Is pain management a, a treatment for what I'm going through right now? Next, what's next? Tell me what's next. Right. So... Right. Right. Like all this extends, all this experience that I have experienced, all these things that I've experienced over the last decade has led me to, I feel like being prepared to share a story from a very matter of fact point of view and a very serious feeling point of view. Like the medical system, unfortunately, is looped to set us as patients up for failure. And um, so I'm hoping to give some clarity and some advice and direction as to how to be your own advocate through this next series. I love that. So this next um, book, the next book series for you, is is it going to be fiction or is it going to be nonfiction? It's going to be fiction um, because, again, this stems from 
from talking about something that's really sensitive, right? I, I, I do know that there are people that are going to be like, hey, you can, sh- you can hear my story, but do not print my name anywhere. I don't want to talk about this. I don't want it to be known. So because I want to talk to so many people, I'm, a, I'm going to pick in pieces of people's stories and kind of integrate them into one fictional character per each no- for each novel. Um, okay. So if I introduce 30 30 something 20 year olds, you know, so 30, 30 women in their 20s, then I'll attempt to interview all 30 of them kind of back to back. And then that will be all of their stories and their personalities and, you know, journeys and situations and such. I'll make a character to write about out of that, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, no, that so. makes sense. I like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of time to think about it, um, and I'm really excited. Like, I, I do like the, like, when we talked earlier about how I write um, with that little inner voice at battles, I do like that because it really makes the characters so much relatable or so much more relatable in that moment. Like, when we see something on TV or somebody goes through something and experience something, you're like, oh, man it'd be so interesting to know what is going on in their mind at this exact moment. Cause we know that sometimes what goes on in our mind is not how we act on the outside. And because this disease is an, it's, it's all internal. It's virtually ex, uh, invisible on the outside. I want to really shine light on that inner voice and how it's coached these women to continue to fight for however long they've had to fight for. Nice. I love that. So mm-hmm. for people who for people who are new to finding your work, can you tell us a little bit about how your writing journey came to be? I mean, it sounds like you were going through a lot with your husband and all that kind of thing. Was it, you know, self-preservation that you started writing? What what was did you always want to be a writer? How did that all come to be? So there was definitely a piece of um, reality is stranger than fiction. So when I, like when I was even going through the immigration portion, um, which was, oh my gosh, back in like 2007, 2008, I, I, I I would tell people like, oh yeah, like I'm going to South Africa, and I, I got into an argument with an immigration officer who was like seven feet tall, who had a machete, who had a machine gun, like machete on one side, a machine gun on another. He's black as night and intimidating. And what do I do? I'm like, hi, I'm here to see an immigration officer. I'd like to have a meeting. They emailed, I emailed them three months ago, and they never responded back to me. So like, I'm here. He's like, sorry, you can't go in. I'm like. Yes, I can. So this is the Canadian embassy. And he's like, no, you don't have to. I'm like, yes, I do. And I, and I argued with this massive man. And, <laughs> and my ex was like, you can't do this here. Like, you are not in Canada. You are in South Africa. <laughs> it doesn't work this way here, Haley. Like, he will pull his weapons on you without a question. I'm like, my tax dollars oh pay this man's salary. And he's like, really? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. But I did not fly 3,000 miles to the opposite side of the world to say no, to get told no. So, like, I tell people that. And they're like, are you kidding me? I'm like, that's just the tip of the iceberg. And then they're like, oh, my God, you should write a book. And I'm like, ha, ah. ha, So you go through it, and you get told this. 
several times over the span of several years. And I'm like, yeah, maybe one day, like whatever. Then when he left and I hit rock bottom, it was even more of a, let's look at how I can get through this. It took a little while. I did a career change. Um, I went from working in the auto industry, and that's very fast-paced, a lot of hours, to working corporate, which was your 9 to 5, Monday to Friday. Uh, So I had a lot more time on my hands, which meant that everything that I was essentially running from by keeping busy, all my feelings, they kind of hit me like a tsunami all at the same time. Um, so that was when I was like, I need to get this out of my head. Like I need to, I need to express it somehow. And a friend of mine wrote a book, like a nonfiction business book, and, uh, he was promoting it at that time. And I was like, yo, let's go out for a cocktail. Let's just chat. Like, I kind of just need to get this story out and I, I don't really know what I want. So like, let's just, you know, like, again, let's just have a cocktail and brainstorm and see what happens. And uh, out of that conversation was like, you're writing a book. And then it was like, well, do you want to write a book to just get your story out? Or do you want to write a book to build a business? And I, I was like, like, why wouldn't I attempt to build a business on this? I come from a family of entrepreneurs. I owned a business when I was 18. So it just kind of, it made sense to me. And he's like, okay, great. So go do your research as to like, what kind of authors you like? Why are you like reading them? And then start your writing. I was like, okay, let's do this. And and so that was really how I embarked on it was I I was told you got to do it uh, because it's crazy. And then I ran away from my life for my feelings. Uh, I just kept so busy for about a year, year and a half. And then um, once I had a couple months of slowing down, I honestly think it was about six months after starting my new job, almost to the date. It was about six months and I was in the middle of nowhere, Saskatchewan. So a province west of me. And at a hotel room, again, in the middle of nowhere, it was 6.30 at night. I'd worked all day. I had an evening meeting and evening supper with my colleagues. And now there was nothing for me to do from 6.30 until the next day that I went to work. And so I sat there and I was like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, what am I going to do? And then all of a sudden, full-blown panic attack. I'm like, oh, girl, So... It it, uh, it definitely was like, you need to assess and deal. And um, instead of just pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back, because then you're going to continue to get panic attacks for no apparent reason all the time. And they right. were, you know, they could be getting worse. And so um, writing was definitely a source of healing. Writing the first book was a way to remember all of the amazing things that led me down this beautiful love story to begin with. Um, so it was a very lovely way to start the book. It was a wild ride or start the series. And then the second book, when I wrote about the cancer and the addiction, and that was, that was tough. That was a way for me to say, okay, what kind of mistakes did you make that led him to walking out on you and you having absolutely no idea that was happening? It's not like he woke up that morning and left and chose to leave. It happened over time. I chose as a human or an unaware human to ignore the signs, to not speak up during, you know, the red flags that I thought 
were there. I just tried, to, I walked on eggshells, trying to make him happy, trying to keep him alive, trying to do what any normal average human being that has never been through any of that before would do. And so writing through it gave me a huge, big, raw opportunity to review all of those decisions, realize where I fell short, picked up on the red flags that I missed completely, and then was able to say, okay, how do I not do this again in the future? But also, how do I not close myself off too? Like, I can't close myself off to say that I'm never going to love again. Because that's just not a life right. that I want to live. I want to love. Like, love is beautiful. But how do I not right. lead myself down a path that way that's completely unaware? So book two was a, a review, and assessment. Book three was how do you put it in practice? So, yeah, that's, that's, that's a long-winded answer to your question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you took the time to actually, you know, put it down on paper because so many people think that they have a book in them and then they want someone else to write it for them. So you did the brave, brave, courageous thing to write it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I, but, you know, I, I, want, I want to evoke emotion. I want to be able to read my words and evoke my own emotion. And I want people to read my words and I want them to cry and I want them to laugh and I want them to be like, oh, God, I know exactly how that feels or, oh, man, they're crazier than I am. So, like, I'm okay. You know, like, I, I want to, to evoke people's emotion. Um, and, and how do you do that? I write about things that I know the best. All right. Well, I try to share that way. We are rapidly running out of time. And before she cuts you off, um, how can readers get in touch with you? You can find me if you hashtag chin up, tits out, or find me at MirandaO.com. And O is O-H, or just Google search Miranda O. There's really only me out there. And I have a big, big, big smile, so you can't miss me. Yay! Well, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.